G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, always good to check in with Greg Bondar, who is Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg's back with us. Greg, welcome back to 2020. Yeah, good morning, Neil. Thank you for having me on again. Greg, let's get into some nitty-gritty here and a focus on South Australia because a voluntary assisted dying bill is to be tabled in the South Australian Parliament this week. Uh, what's the latest from your perspective here? Yeah, thank you, Neil. Look, this is really disturbing because uh, VAD, voluntary assisted dying, is becoming very, very popular. There's a big push to have this implemented in every state government. Now, in South Australia, the Labor MP, uh, K.M. Maher, uh, is actually uh, tabling a uh, voluntary assisted dying bill uh, this week. Now, the problem we've got here is that uh, this is going to be debated. Uh, obviously, debate won't uh, start now till next year. But the problem we have is, again, we've got this uh, automatic sort of uh, right that people think, uh, you know, the politicians in particular think that this is the way to go when you look at uh, helping those in need uh, medically. The, the bill itself uh, is disturbing because already we've seen parliaments in Tasmania, we spoke about that a few weeks ago, uh, South, uh, uh, South Australia now and Queensland, and even New South Wales is now looking at having some sort of voluntary assisted dying bill implemented. Now, Neil, you and I both know that we have to advocate for life as Christians and the real solution to this will be better palliative care and and it's crucial that we push that view to ensure, ensure that we, we, we support life as it was meant to be in a biblical context. Uh, Greg, interesting, isn't it? Now, we're talking about three states. Uh, South Australia, the focus of what we're talking about today, but it's not just South Australia. Tasmania is debating this. Queensland is debating this. In fact, in Queensland, they've promised it before March next year. So Mm. this idea of inevitability, uh, if you've got one state that uh, breaks free from the crowd uh, like Victoria did and then you've got uh, follow-on in Western Australia. It's uh, this idea uh, that uh, that propagates in the media of the inevitable, though it's inevitable that it'll happen. It's it's a little bit like a contagion, isn't it? it once it, it catches hold and such a bad law, uh, the killing of people, uh, somebody pulls the trigger, whether they're, uh, whether they're actually prescribing a pill or uh, whatever uh, way that they do that. But it is, it's like a contagion, and mm. it's very, very difficult to contain. Absolutely, Dylan, and this is what worries me. It's very contagious. What's happening is that, you know, Queensland passed, for example, the conversion therapy legislation. All of a sudden, ACT starts to follow it. Uh, we're looking at it here in other states, so... It is very much a contagion, and we've got to make sure that we as Christians now actually put pen to paper, put our voice on the phone, and let the politicians know who we are and what we stand for, 
uh, in a biblical sense, because that's why these laws get passed, because evil prevails where good men fail to act now. Okay, so especially South Australian listeners this week, but certainly Tasmanians, and in Queensland, uh, there's a need to be in touch with your MPs and make your voice heard. Uh, let's stay with South Australia because it's not the only controversy that's going on in South Australia right now. The South Australian government is planning to reduce religious freedom. What is uh, the latest from your perspective here, Greg? Yeah, now this is really disturbing actually because last year in 2018, or two years ago actually, the expert panel on religious freedom report recommended in its report that South Australia needed to increase protection for religious freedom. Uh, But what's happening is, lo and behold, the government is now actually looking to reduce the protections for for Christian organisations, in particular the Equal Opportunity Religious Bodies Amendment Bill 2020, which is a long title, actually threatens to remove protections allowing Christian schools, other ministries to teach a biblical view of sexuality and gender. Now, there is a consultation paper that's been released uh, that's available from the um, government website, the the parliamentary website, but we need to put our voice again and pen to paper again because the impact on parents and the choice of schooling they want for their children is going to be impacted and we can't let this happen again. Once again... The political left is trying to make sure that Christians uh, continue to be persecuted on a, on a social, moral and ethical va- level. Uh, interesting when you say the political left, because this has got a twist to it. And uh, we've been talking about this here on 2020. Listeners might refer to a conversation yesterday we're having about this. This is the Liberal government in South Australia that is proposing to water down religious freedom. And so we would ordinarily expect this to come from the left and extreme groups like the Greens, but this is coming from the Liberals. What are your thoughts around that, Greg? Oh, have I got some thoughts on that, Neil? I've got to tell you that just because it's a Liberal government or a National Party government does not mean that they are conservative in the true biblical sense of the word. Look, one of the problems we've got is with the the so-called Liberal parties, and I'm talking about the National Party and the Liberal Party. The problems we've got is that they're trying to be too left. In other words, they're trying to appease the so-called progressives, they're trying to make sure that they capture every vote that they can. But in doing so, they jeopardise their own faith and belief. And I think that's wrong because you're really selling yourself out. So I'm surprised that the, that a Liberal government in South Australia is proposing this, in particular when it affects a lot of their constituents. And what they are saying too is that uh, Christian schools will be exempt and uh, that in itself sounds like uh, you know trying to walk a fine line and, and try to keep people happy because there's a major issue around Christian schools and their right to employ people who hold to the same uh, religious faith values and ethos that the school prescribes. And they say that it's exempt, but there's all of this, a whole lot of list of other uh, organisational activity that the church is involved in and all of that's targeted so uh, just uh, suggesting that there is an exemption or two is an irrelevance here it still is it's a watering down of religious freedom and let me tell you neil that what will happen is uh, knowing my knowing the way parliament works from my own experience what will happen neil is it'll take one labor 
candidate or one uh, uh, MP or one Green MP to move an amendment to the proposed uh, bill uh, saying no exemption for Christian schools. Uh, if, if, you, if you allow us that, we will pass it. The Greens and Labor will say, yeah, well, so... Neil, it's a dangerous ground that we're on, and I think we need to put, again, our voice heard, make it heard through pen, uh, putting pen to paper and also putting our voice to the phone. Okay, there's a challenge there for especially South Australian listeners, but also, as we've mentioned, Queensland listeners, Tasmanian listeners on that issue of euthanasia. Hey, another issue, Israel Folau back in the news again. Uh, This time, though, we're... Another win for Israel Folau. What's the latest here, Greg? Oh, I'm delighted. God answers prayers indeed. Sometimes we have to wait, Neil, as you would well know. Now, look, if you allow me just quickly to recap this very quickly. Look, Israel Folau's had a terrible 19 months, I think. But, but very quickly, April 2019, you know that he made an Instagram post uh, quoting the Apostle, Pearl, Apostle Paul's first letter to the Christians in the Greek uh, city of Corinth. Uh, where he said to them that, you know, uh, their lifestyle, their culture with prostitution, drunkenness, promiscuity, uh, which is not so different these days either, it's going to cause you some problems. So 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 to 10, was what was tweeted by Israel. Well, lo and behold, Neil, isn't it interesting that the adulterers, thieves, drunks, swindlers and slanderers weren't upset? But as soon as he mentioned homosexuality... Bang. It was like a red rag to a bull. He lost his job with Rugby Australia. But as we both know, he then, on subsequent appeal, was uh, vindicated and an out-of-court settlement was done, uh, which, made, which made him have a win. Now, Neil, if we move on very quickly, because of that, a particular gay activist last December said, no, I'm going to complain to the New South Wales Anti-Discrimination Board. And what happened there was interestingly enough that uh, that uh, because of the uh, uh, of the tweet, uh, this particular activist said that it vilified homosexual. Well, the board actually accepted the complaint initially, but later rejected it, uh, saying that it failed to keep the matter confidential, and it had not it had sent numerous inappropriate emails to Israel Folau's lawyers, this particular gay activist. So it was rejected. Now, very quickly, the New South Wales Anti-Discrimination Board President, Annabel Bennett, said at the time that these complaints by the particular gay activists were vexatious and a, fl- fra- a flagrant abusive process such that no further action should be taken. In other words, on the 18th of November, the tribunal, tribunal rejected the application, Neil, and what happened is that Israel Folau got off free and we understand that the, that the tribunal said that the nature and conduct amounted to an abusive process by the, uh, the, by the, by the gay activists. In other words, uh, we can understand now that some of these complaints against Christians for making their faith heard are not only vexatious, but they're actually uh, an attempt to keep us silent on our faith. 
Greg, there is something that still stands here, and that is the fact that there are anti-discrimination boards, and I think we're talking about the New South Wales Anti-Discrimination Board, mm-hmm. but they're, these are state-based boards, and uh, this idea of uh, receiving and accepting vexatious complaints and uh, the abuse of process, this is something that is not dealt with in any way here. In fact, this is just one case that, uh, again, uh, where you've got Israel Folau has been exonerated here, but uh, mm. but still, the processes uh, are not perfect in those state anti-discrimination boards, are they? No, they're not, because you know one of the problems we've got here in New South Wales is that you can make a complaint even if somebody in Queensland, and we know that there's been a number of people in Queensland, Neil, that have been subject to to complaints from somebody in New South Wales, and I don't even, li- you know, when they don't even live in Queensland. So there are a number of issues, but 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 I guess more importantly is that that. Uh, that I remember when I was in February of this year, actually, Neil, I was in, in, in the Supreme Court of New South Wales there to support Bernard Gaynor uh, in the court. And, uh, and I had this particular gay activist sitting pretty close to me at the time. But I just saw the body language where, where you know, there was so much sort of resentment towards anything that Bernard Gaynor's legal representation were making. And I just said to myself, Lord, why do these people hate Christians? And if I was out there saying I hate homosexuals or adulterers or thieves or whatever, I mean, I'd be, again, up for litigation. But it doesn't work the other way, unfortunately, Neil. Interesting, isn't it, in the history of Western civilization, Christian-shaped Western civilization, yep. Christians make very good citizens. And so uh, this idea, as you presented, as uh, hatred against Christians, somebody's got to recognise that, Christians actually make good citizens, and uh, you've got to be very careful here. Interesting the way we have an attitude towards these court systems, and we talk about uh, these uh, anti-discrimination tribunals. I note, Greg, that you say to Christian believers, pray for uh, these boards. And, uh, in fact, in this circumstance here as we're talking about Israel for Lao. Mm. Uh, in fact uh, you know pray that they'll continue to express the wisdom that they showed in this case now this is an interesting way to talk about the way we might have an attitude towards these sorts of courts uh, what are your thoughts around that for for Christian believers today yeah two things one I think tribunals are you know we've got to look at the value of these tribunals because you know we do have a legal system so these tribunals tend to be very uh, ideologically driven at times. The other thing we need to appreciate also, Neil, is that, uh, that you know, one of the best things that's come out of uh, Israel Folau is that 1 Corinthians 6 verses 9 to 10 has become a national identity. Uh, without Israel Folau, remember what the Bible says, Neil, you will be persecuted for my namesake. So what's happened here is something good has come out of something that was unfortunately bad for Israel. But what's happened is we now we are now all aware, I think everybody in Australia would be aware, that homosexuals do not meet God's standards. Well, Greg Bonda, let's, uh, let's point people to the Family Voice Australia website. Uh, listeners might like to uh, connect with you. Uh, communicate with you, uh, check out some of the resources and follow the campaigns that are underway with Family Voice Australia. Big issues that you're continuing to cover and so many people will be uh, impressed to check on those. Familyvoice.org.au 
familyvoice.org.au. Greg Bondar is Family Voice Australia State Director for the for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, thanks so much for the update again today on 2020. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity, Neil, and God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.